Hello Saints, Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not in Jesus name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, everybody. This is Todd Tomasella broadcasting live from Dallas, Texas. And today we're going to talk about Jezebel Unmasked, Invasion of the Warrior Princess Jezebel. And they're coming in platoons and battalions and hordes these days, folks, because men have allowed, suffered Jezebels to operate in roles and in leadership in the body of Christ and among the people of God that is forbidden of women. In fact, this is exactly what Jesus addresses in Revelation chapter 2 to the church of Thyatira. Revelation 2, beginning in verse 20, Jesus addresses this phenomenon. And actually, 24, he likens it to the depths of Satan. That's the only time Jesus ever used such a term, the depths of Satan is connected directly with suffering. The King James says, suffers. Thou sufferest that woman, Jezebel. You allow her, in other words, you allow this woman to function in a role that I never ordained for her to function. In fact, folks, let me call your attention to 2 Timothy chapter 2, when Paul is specifically addressing godly women. And it says in verse 11 and 12, let the woman learn in silence and in all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Now, after the fall, we have the Lord dealing out and speaking forth the curses that came upon men and women and the serpent, and I believe the earth, in Genesis chapter 3. So perhaps before they fell, men and women were co-leaders. I don't know. But that's speculation. But after the fall, and Paul's giving us a little insight here, Adam was first formed, then Eve. We'll talk about that in a moment. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. So Adam became the head. Amen? Adam is the head. Like it or not, godly women love it. They love their place in the Lord. They're just blessed to be alive, to be a servant. It's the safest place anyway, guys. I think the whole problem that underlies this warrior princess Jezebel spirit which we will talk about in detail here in a moment, is a desire to reign and rule, a refusal to be crucified with Christ and to humble oneself. They don't want to be in the shadows. They want to be in the limelight. Move out of my way. Uh, I had a lady this week angry with me. Man, I've never seen devils come unglued like this when you start exposing this evil and which 
only proves that it needs to be exposed when the light of truth shines upon darkened hearts. Many times they react violently. They're going to try to convince you in all their ungodly behavior and they're lashing out at you in hatred toward you because you dare to speak about this, that you're wrong. Of course, they have no scripture to back it up. They've just been misled by false teachers, Ahabs and Jezebels, these little pansies that run around enabling this stuff is exactly what Jesus is addressing in Revelation 2 when he said, you're allowing this stuff, you allow this woman Jezebel to function in your midst and she's bringing great harm to the ladies, the men, and the children. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, but I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is the man and the head of Christ is God. Now, folks, if you've got a problem with man being in headship as God has non-negotiably appointed and ordained, you've got a problem with God. You can lash out at me all you want. You go right ahead. I'll wear it as a badge of honor or the last. Thank God for you. I pray that this will bring you to a place of conviction of your sin. You're in rebellion against God, which is as a sin of witchcraft. 1 Samuel 15, 22 and 23. So we read 1 Corinthians 11, which says that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is the man and the head of Christ is God. Now, Revelation 2, we spoke of here a moment ago, notwithstanding, I have, Jesus says, I have, this is Jesus addressing the New Testament church age and all of the things he addresses there are resident within the professing body of Christ today. And this one is on absolute surge up in this late hour because Revelation tells us that Satan has come down with great wrath, knowing that he hath but a short time, Revelation 12. So Jesus says, notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee to the church of Thyatira, because thou sufferest or allow that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space. That's not only physical, folks. That's a spiritual fornication and idolatry he's dealing with there. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication and she repented not. So Jesus gave even Jezebel, whom he likens here in a minute, to the depths of Satan, space to repent, because that's his desire that she repent. And for those, well, he says her, but also the men who allowed this needed to repent too. I, I mean, a Jezebel can't function where there's men of God or a man of God. She can only function, and that's usually something that we see women do. Yes, there are men Jezebels too, I'm sure, obviously, but it's mostly something that women are seen doing because, you see, back in Genesis, I believe it's 3.16, when God is telling the curses that came upon men and women and the earth and the serpent, etc., he says to the woman that your desire shall be to your husband. And I believe if you dig into that, into the Hebrew, you're going to find that it, it means that the desire of the woman is to occupy her husband's role in leadership. That seems to be something that some women have more of a problem with than others, from my observation. They just absolutely want to reign and rule, and they're not going to let any man tell them what to do. Well, it's not man telling you what to do. You're not going to stand before a mere sinful man like myself to give account. It's the Almighty God that gave you specific instructions for your role. And by the way, He is the judge.
image of your eternal soul. Let me guarantee you one thing. There'll be no Jezebel in heaven. I'll tell you that right now. God had her throne, the original Jezebel, Ahab's wife, the wicked Ahab and his wicked wife, who wreaked more havoc on Israel, the worst king and duo, I guess, queen or whatever, in Israel's history. God had this witch thrown from a, a building and eaten by the dogs. And in that society, dogs are the just the absolute lowest of all creatures. So this woman, Jezebel, was allowed to operate in the church of Thyatira. We got a lot of churches of Thyatira these days. The whole NAR, the New Apostolic Reformation movement, it's a delusional movement of warlocks and witches, by the way, posing as Christian leaders. What a joke. People like C. Peter Wagner, Apostle, Bill Johnson, anybody associated with that movement, we've got some stuff on Safeguard Your Soul, exploding that filthy movement. Again, it's NAR, New Apostolic Reformation. You can look that up. Just go to SafeguardYourSoul.com and on the right column are all the categories, and there'll be one for New NAR or New Apostolic Reformation movement. So I gave her space to repent, Jesus says, of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation. In other words, those that don't stand against her and disallow her, I am going to punish, Jesus said, because you're bidding God speed to this wickedness. This is out of order. God is not a fool, folks. He made women for a specific purpose, and that is to be a help meet, a servant. Yes, if you don't like that you are called to be a servant, you're not the child of the king, folks. We're all servants of the king, and we must serve in the capacity that he has ordained non-negotiably. Men being men, they're to lead and protect and provide for the women and children, and women to serve the Lord, to serve men as unto the Lord. Because God said in the beginning to Adam, the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make and help me for him. Help me. Somebody to help meet his needs and so that he can fulfill the will of God better with her. Not good that he was alone. So God caused uh, him to go into a deep sleep and he took the woman out of his uh, side. That's significant. She is to be tucked under his wing, if you will, at his side, serving with him and protect by him. And protection only comes in the truth, folks. In Proverbs 30, verse 5, the Bible says, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield or a protection to them that put their trust in him through the word. Every word of God. See, as we submit and obey the word of God, protection is a shield. When we disobey, we are at, we are outside of the protection of God. And if you're a man functioning outside of the role that God has spoken to you about and addressed specifically in the word of God, you do not have the protection of the Lord and great harm is going to come upon your life. Same with women. In fact, right here in Revelation chapter 2 as we're finishing up on this little passage see great destruction coming as a result of men allowing women to usurp the authority of the man called the lead in fact to be an elder in the body of Christ you have to be the husband of one wife First Timothy chapter 3 verse 2 gives the qualifications for an elder in the body of Christ and it says that you have to be the husband it's a non-negotiable qualification the husband of one wife Folks, a woman, in case you didn't know already, a woman cannot be a husband, much less a husband of one wife. And so she is not qualified. I've suffered not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man. First Timothy chapter 2. What else could that mean other than what it says? Let me read it again. Paul writes, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 11.
11 and 12, let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. This is especially speaking about, if I'm not mistaken, really say that in this passage, not in the immediate surrounding, definitely in the gatherings of the saints. Women are to learn in silence with all subjection. That doesn't mean they can't speak, I don't believe, but there's a governing truth of submission here. And then he says in verse 12, but I suffer or allow not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. There is an order in God's creation. There's order in God's creation. There's another scripture in 1 Timothy 5, verse 1. The Bible says, rebuke not an elder. It doesn't matter even if he's wrong. You don't rebuke him. I cannot find that in my spirit, especially the closer I go to the Lord, to rebuke an elder, even when they're dead wrong. And it's because the Holy Spirit will not allow me to rebuke an elder. I've got several godly men in my life, and they're just like all of us, me the worst. They err and maybe teach something that's not biblical, or maybe later you find out it is biblical, but you didn't understand it at first and thought he was wrong. Uh, you know, things like that. Or they teach something wrong or do something. Well, I'm not to rebuke them. That is not my place. There's order in the house of God, folks, and there's going to be a great contentment that comes upon every God-fearing person that, that submits to the order of God. It's just amazing, the blessing that comes upon us in our hearts. It's just amazing. God is so good. Now, here's something else I want to look at while we're speaking of that. First Peter 3, verse 1 through 7, speaks mainly about the wife, but in verse 7, it deals with the husband, telling the husband in verse 7, likewise, ye husbands. Husbands, dwell with them, your wives, according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, the more delicate vessel, and feminine. Isn't that a blessing, gentlemen? We love the femininity and the, the complementary blessing of the masculine and the feminine. God had a, a lot of blessings in mind when he designed the male and the female. Amen. And instead of trying to usurp the other role, there's a lot of men that are feminine, which God is going to damn to hell. Even if you're effeminate, not even if you're homosexual, the New Testament says you're going to be in the lake of fire. It's time to cease being light in the loafers, gentlemen. Get a spine. Get a backbone. Pray as the apostle Paul instructed that God would strengthen you with the might of his Holy Spirit in your inner man. Repent of any sin needed to repent of and get on your face before God in brokenness in Isaiah 58, fasting and praying, seeking the face of God for a time, and he made you to be a man, so he's going to strengthen you with might by his spirit in your inner man and cause all your faculties to become masculine if they aren't. I'm talking to those who might have a problem with femininity, gentlemen, or weakness of any kind, inside or out, and God does not want men looking feminine, and he doesn't want women looking masculine. That is an abomination to the Lord we read in Scripture. So verse 1 here, First Peter chapter 3, likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. And in case you're wondering, yeah, we're going to get into this warrior princess Jezebel here in a minute, which is quite fascinating in a negative way, but quite fascinating. Uh, but listen, we're 
laying a little groundwork here, okay? What did God say? I mean, we don't want to just bash things. We want to bash them because they don't line up with God's Word, amen? Not just, you know, a lot of people in ministry, that's all they're doing is bashing things. And that, that has its place, but we've got to lay the foundation of the truth so we see why these things are so dark next to discerned by the light of holy truth. So ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. I mean, ladies, here's a passage that God would have you to pour over every part of it, every word of it, every phrase of it, every little instruction. Be in subjection to your own husbands. First Peter 3, 1 here. That any obey, if any husband obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. Now that's really the part of this passage I wanted to point out. We read earlier in First Timothy 2 that women are to learn in silence. They're not to be boisterous, arguing doctrine with men and all that, even if they're correct. They're not to do that. No different than I am not to rebuke my elders. And some of these young guys have no fear of God and no sense of order in the kingdom and the house of God when they rebuke older people. I mean, this young generation, some of these guys are, you know, 20, man, these guys have no respect. A lot of them do. Kind of comes, if you brought up correctly, it seems to come a little bit more natural, but it's quite amazing to see. But anyway, women are not to correct their husband with the word is what this apparently is saying. Let's read it again. They're to learn in silence, we read in First Timothy 2, and not to usurp the authority or teach, try to teach the man, even if they're correct, even if they're correct. Just the cross in the central of our lives, folks, is so important. We must be crucified with Christ. And when we are, we will shut our mouths and our minds will be shut and will be distilled, will be at a place of peace, truly being able to be still and know that he is God. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? No. Just pray for that elder in your life. Just pray for that man in your life, ladies. There's nothing better to do for anyone, period, than pray for Because it's not you that's trying to change them. It's you giving them to God. And by the way, every time I pray for somebody else, I always remember to say, Lord, nobody needs you more than me. The Lord bless such and such with whatever they need. You know, Remembering how weak, how infirm, how needy I am presently in every moment of this life for the Lord. Amen. To have his saving grace and mercy and his enabling grace to enable me to please him. The scripture says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That right there will stick a pin in the balloon of the self right there, which is, seems to be an aid in all of us of the fallen nature. That's all men. Again, that's Titus 3, verse 5 and 6. I encourage you to memorize it. First Peter 3, 1 and 2. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. That's pretty clear. And another place, he says, you submit to your husband. And as long as something is, you know, and that doesn't mean just him telling you something to do. You're in a relationship together. He doesn't tell you what to do. all the, But you're to be in subjection. You, you understand your role as a woman. You know, I read Nancy Nancy laid the Moss's book called Lies Women Believe, and a lot of sisters I know, or at least some, have read that. Wow, that is a phenomenal book. I mean, phenomenal. I mean, I don't. I think there was a couple of little things I didn't agree with, but man, overall, that is a really good book. It's called Lies Women Believe. I think you can get a used copy for probably a dollar or two off of Amazon. Lies Women Believe. Nancy Lay the Moss. L e i g h is 
her middle name. God bless her and all the other godly women who are teaching the younger women what the Bible says about womanhood. It's the most beautiful thing God ever made. There's not a man on earth that would disagree with that. Not a godly man anyway. But, uh, you know, it's been corrupted by the enemy, folks. And in our day, this has crept into the church world in this last hour. And that's what Jesus is addressing in Revelation 2. But women aren't even to try to correct their husband using the Word of God. Any obey, be in subjection to your own husbands, First Peter 3, 1, that if any obey not the Word, if they're not saved or they're being disobedient as Christian men, they also may without the Word be won by the conversation or the way of life of the wives while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. You know, I'm reminded of a story of a man named Smith Wigglesworth out of England, came to America too, I believe. But anyway, Smith Wigglesworth, the story behind him has such a woman, as we see right here, a woman who, without the word of God or the spoken word whatsoever, won her husband to Christ. Just get chills thinking about the story. Let me tell you what happened. Take me 30 seconds at the most. Smith Wigglesworth was a plumber, married to a wonderful Christian lady, and he had forbid her from going to these camp meetings that she she would go to. This was back in the early 1900s, I believe. And it might have been the 1800s, but I believe it was the early 1900s. Anyway, so he forbid her to go to this particular camp meeting, which was going to be a few days or a week long or so. And she said, honey, I really believe the Lord wants me to go. And anyway, she obeyed God and went. And he was lost, you know, so the devil was trying to use him. You got to understand the context there. And she wasn't rebellious at all. She was a godly woman. To that meeting that night, I guess it was on a Monday night or whatever, and he locked her out of that house, out of their house. And that's audacious. I mean, this guy was wicked, too. I mean, he was brash, a plumber. He was, you know, blue-collar as they get, as you, you can imagine. And so he locks her out of the house. She comes home, I believe it was a chilly night, rolls herself up in a newspaper on the front porch. And when he wakes up in the morning, she slept on the front porch. I imagine it was just a wooden front porch. He opened the door, and she popped right up and said, Hi, sweetheart. What can I make you for breakfast? Now, folks, I don't know about you, man. That I can't even talk about that or think about that story without it giving me chills and put tears in my eyes. This is a man some of you will be familiar with who, because of his wife's chase conversation coupled with fear, that is the fear of God, this man came to Christ. She didn't speak a word to him. The Lord saved him. God will send men in his life saving ladies if you have an unsaved husband. Don't try to win him with words. I mean, you know, if he reads something you have around or he hears you saying something, that's one thing. But don't try to do it. Just let God do it. He will. Submit it to God every day as often as you need to to leave it alone and let God do it. Anyway, this man Smith Wigglesworth wound up being one of the most walking in the spirit in such a powerful way, apparently. And by the way, he seems to be authentic. I've gotten the witness of several men of God on this. Now, some of these clowns today that claim to be doing things and aren't, you know, they don't negate the authentic walk in the spirit. And Smith Wigglesworth had the walk in the spirit in a big time way because he prayed and prayed. And I think it was every 30 minutes or 20 minutes he stopped whatever he was doing and prayed. I mean, this guy stayed in the spirit. The only thing he ever read his whole life, he got saved at 26, was the King James Bible. The guy never read a newspaper article, nothing. Now, that ought to be a lesson. But he was one to Christ by the blessed conversation of his wife. Not a word spoken to win him. It's amazing what God will do if we just do things his way, isn't it? All right, so 
warrior princess Jezebel. But before we go there, I want to make sure we've covered this Revelation 2 passage where Jezebel is functioning in this ministry, in this church setting. And God, Jesus said he gave her space to repent. Then he says he's going to cast her into a bed, verse 22 of Revelation 2. And them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. And I will not notice this. Here's the fruit of allowing Jezebel to function. Kill her children with death. And all the churches shall know that I am he which searches the reins in the hearts. And I will give unto every one of you according to your works. But unto you, I say, and unto the rest of Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine and have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden. Notice he likens allowing Jezebel to function in a ministry, in a household, in a church setting, a gathering of saints, to the depths of Satan. He says, I will kill her children with death. The fruit, if you've been around this, and I have, on numerous settings and occasions, is of lame, spineless, moral coward men. That's why Jezebel falls. Ain't no Jezebel going to function with as a godly man. I'll tell you that right now. Because that goes against your nature. I, I was listening to a guy speaking of that. What's his name? I'm trying to remember his name. I've seen it around. And he's got a video on YouTube telling people, yeah, I forbid any man to even mention the name Jezebel or to address that issue. I'm like, wait a minute, coward. Jesus addressed it. So men of God, if they're going to obey God and be stewards of the mysteries of God and to do what God called them to do, they're going to do, they're going to address what Jesus addressed and what the Bible addresses, the order of the household, the family, and the church. He was telling them not to do something Jesus did and put on record for us to do. We've got to obey God and walk in servant leadership to serve God and others, dying to self, never using your place of headship or anything but blessing, gentlemen. There was a lady we got on the website, Safeguard Your Soul. Com. You can look it up. Just go to the search box on the right on any page on safeguardyoursoul.com and punch in Dana Muldoon. Just punch in Dana. It'll come up. She's a false prophetess. D-A-Y-N-A. D-A-Y like day and night. Day. D-A-Y-N-A. Dana Muldoon. M-U-L-D-O-O-N. Boy, this ain't the classic example of a devil, a Jezebel devil woman. She's seen holding the mic up to a guy, Pastor Scott Rodriguez, a Calvary Chapel pastor. God bless him. And he kindly and nicely, but yet in obedience to the Lord, rebukes this lady. She wouldn't let go of the mic. Imagine this woman's even allowed to teach the people, the men and the women. When the Bible says, I suffer not a woman to teach nor to use her authority over the man, but to be in silence. And yet she's not only going to hold the mic up to him, she's not going to let him have it. And that is absolute unbelievable rebellion right there, folks. And man, this woman manifests that devil war. She came unglued and all the Jezebels in that church came unglued glued on him. It's an interesting video. Take a look at it. Oh, boy. Anyway, so what we have today as we close is an invasion of the warrior princess Jezebel. If you're on social media or anywhere on the internet, you've seen this trash. In fact, I want you to look up my uh, article on this, my post called Warrior Princess or Broken Servant of the Mighty God. It contrasts what scripture teaches of a godly woman and these warrior princess Jezebels. This is Jezebel Jezebel unmasked. It comes in the guise of a godly woman, but it's absolutely a Jezebel spirit in these women. It's unbelievable. Jezebel means in rebellion against the ordained order of God is basically the reason why we're calling it that as the first initial 
with Jezebel was, and as this witch who operated in Thyatira, we read about a moment ago in Revelation 2, was doing and being allowed to do. So Jezebel and that's invasion of the warrior princess Jezebel. All these young women in these Jesus culture and Kansas City movement of, you know, IHOP, International House of Prayer. You'd be better off going to the real IHOP, International House of Pancakes, than you would be to go get vexed with demons in the International House of Prayer. We've got that exposed on the website, safeguardyoursoul.com also. But the invasion of the warrior princess Jezebel, all over and over you see these graphic paintings of these women with makeup on, which is fine, but I mean, they're wearing armor, like Roman centurion soldier armor. Unbelievable. You never see a man. I mean, almost never. I can't remember when the last time I saw a man. And yet, these quote-unquote misled, quote-unquote Christian women, especially the young ones, but some of the older ones, they have all these artworks that somebody went way out of the way. I mean, here's a woman I'm looking at. It's the feature image right at the top of this article post called Warrior Princess or Broken Servant of the Body God. Again, if you go to safeguardyoursoul.com and go in the search box on the right, just put in warrior and it'll come up. The picture in the picture says, I am a warrior princess, all capitals, and I have been marked for his glory. My marks and scars are part of my testimony so I can show the whole world that I am a woman that has rescued, that was rescued from darkness into the admirable, admirable light. That's weird. First of all, there are some things that are true in here and good, but this is laced with rebellion. Notice the underlying thought that I'm glory. My marks and scars. In other words, the men that have hurt me in my life. That's the whole underlying thing here. Listen, that whole Jezebel spirit is a spirit of Antichrist. It hates God. It hates the order of God. It's the devil himself behind the whole thing. And it hates the headship of men. Women rebelling against the headship of men. No different than a man rebelling against the headship of Christ. That's what you see here all the time. It's almost like a call. They won't come out and say it. Oh, well, one of them did actually this week that she was posted this on my Facebook page and this woman come unglued and said, women, rise up. See, that's the whole underlying thing that we're the women. We got to stick together. No, 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 no. The body of Christ is one in salvation. Galatians 3.28. There's equality, not in role, but in salvation in Christ. We're heirs together of the grace of life. First three men and women, but they're in distinct roles. God did not make women after he made man for no reasons, just so they look different. No, they're completely made different physically and otherwise. Need I go into detail? I doubt it. Wouldn't anyway. But, you know, women are made to have the babies, not the man. They have a specific role, not only in the family, which came before the church, but also in the church. You can pick that apart and look at it yourself and see what you think. Discerning by the Word of God, all of these graphics with these sayings. And you got another woman as I go down this page with a sword. I mean, women are always cast up in this whole Jezebel warrior princess movement. They're always being depicted, not as the weaker vessel, a chaste woman, like Titus 2.5 says, that women are to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands. The word of God be not blasphemed. Now, I've asked some of these women that are going to, instead of repenting, some of them do repent, praise God, and that's why God has us address this, but they, some of them rebel. And I ask them, show me one verse in the Bible, especially the New Testament, where a woman is seen as some warrior doing warfare. The very devil that these people are trying to do warfare against him has got them by their tail and has 
laughing at them. They're totally taken in and deceived by him. And they think they warned against him. And he's just sitting back laughing at them. I mean, we've got a video on YouTube called Witchcraft in a Church. And it deals with a lot of these Jezebel women who are allowed by a Ahab, a sinful, wicked, violent, moral, coward Ahab pastor who allows these women to have these intercessory prayer groups, which we do not see in the, in the New Testament, by the way, folks, and how they turn into nothing but a pit of viperous Jezebels that manipulate the pastor, etc. Then you got a picture here I posted. I got these this right off of these uh, ladies, professing Christian ladies' websites and or Facebook page or whatever. God's princess with the heart of a warrior. Got a woman in a bridal gown and a sword. And then you got a woman wielding. This all comes out of the movies and stuff, these satanic movies we got today and all these miniseries, you know, you know, where you got all these women beating up men and all. Come on, ladies. How many times have you seen that in real life? We got to live in the biblical reality of life as Christians and shut off the TV, throw it away, get rid of your media outside of the Bible for a while, especially or for good. So we see this lady wielding this sword that looks bigger than her. It's a painting. It says we can, can stand against any demonic onslaught wearing the armor of God. Well, that's true, but putting a woman there depicted as a warrior, where's the man? Nowhere. That alone is suspect. Then we got a picture of a woman butterflies are being released. I, don't, I haven't thought about the whole imagery here, but she's wearing a kingly crown. Isn't that interesting? And remember, Genesis 3.16, the phrase, quote, thy desire shall be to thy husband, means that the woman will be tempted to usurp the role of her husband. King's crown is significant of her in this picture, usurping the ruling and ruling over her husband in this world, contrary to what Scripture teaches about women who are learned in silence, and they're not to be suffered to lead the body of Christ or to rule over men. We've also got an article post on the website called Eight Things Women Are to Teach Younger Women. Women are seen doing so much ministry in the New Testament. It's just not eldership. There's so many things that are absolutely vital. We see in Jesus' ministry and in Paul's ministry that women did when nobody else would do. Eight things women are to teach other women or younger women. Titus 2, 1 through 5. Look it up. Type in the number eight, numeric eight things women are to teach other women. That is a good message. Let's look at what the Bible says, ladies and gentlemen, at what God has called men to be and what God has called women to be and shut off all other voices. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 27 says that we're ceased to hear the words of the wicked cause us to err from the truth. Proverbs 19 verse 27 and then we've got another one. Here you go. Here's a graphic I found. It's black background with pink letters for women. I am God's princess warrior. I will fight. That's all it says. I am God's princess warrior. I will fight. Who's she going to fight? Who's her war against? Doesn't say it's left open. Her war and the reality of things is against men. Men are not our enemies, ladies and gentlemen. Sin and Satan are. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Let's pray as we close. God, in Jesus' name, Father, God, and lead us and make us hungry for thy truth, to hunger and thirst after thy righteousness, that we might be filled with your truth and your holiness 
break us to the core of our being in the Holy Spirit of God through Jesus Christ, the name above all names we pray. Amen. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture-rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month, and you're prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit our donate page on the site. And you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon. And you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world. And may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.